1: This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Today, we are live on Periscope. Of course, if you're listening to this on your device, you are listening to it afterward. Maybe you were also on the Periscope. Some people do that. Some people do both. I love to hear that. That's great. You can check us out every 5.30 Central on Periscope on Fridays ahead of Sunday games. And we we got a lot of these games left. And I know it seems like we don't, but there's going to be January games, guys. There's going to be January games because the Packers are going to the playoffs. Let's get into the injury report because the Packers are quietly getting healthy. And I know Z'Darrius Smith popped up later in the week. Matt LaFleur did not seem overly concerned about it. Uh, He said the ankle injury is something he's been dealing with all week. I think they wanted to just give him a little extra time off, a little bit extra time to heal. Philly has some major issues along the offensive line. They're playing a bunch of backups. And I think Green Bay is going to be able to employ a very similar kind of approach against Carson Wentz as they did against Mitch Trubisky because Carson Wentz has not been able to consistently make accurate throws from the pocket even with a clean pocket. And you pressure him and it gets worse. And I I tweeted this stat out. Among qualified quarterbacks, Carson Wentz is 37th in passer rating from a clean pocket. That is behind Mitch Trubisky. That is behind Dwayne Haskins. What do those two guys have in common? Does anyone know? They were benched already this season. Carson Wentz has the same passer rating from a clean pocket as Ben DiNucci. Do you know who Ben DiNucci is? Do you? You might. If you play fantasy football or you, you care about Mike McCarthy's Cowboys, maybe you do. It is not good for Carson Wentz. And that is good news for a Packers defense that is trying to get some continuity, trying to trying to get on track here as we get to the playoffs. So this is the weird part of facing someone with the name recognition that Carson Wentz has. He is treated like an elite quarterback and has not played like an elite quarterback this year. And no matter what Dan Orlovsky says, and I love Dan. Carson Wentz has been garbage this season. Garbage, garbage, garbage. I said this to Ben Solak yesterday. On pace to have the worst advanced metric season ever by a quarterback. It is really, really, really bad. And I know that there are going to be cynical Packer fans. Maybe you're one of them who will say, okay, well then 320 and four touchdowns guaranteed. If they were going to do that, They would have done it last week against a worse Seahawks defense. That Seahawks defense, they can't stop anyone. They can't stop anyone. And they stopped the the Philly offense. So, yeah, they're getting Zach Ertz back. It's still going to be really difficult for them to score points. On the other side of the ball, looks like Tyler Irvin's going to have a chance to play for the Packers. They're getting healthy on the offensive side of the ball. Corey Lindsey's not going to play. But they've got solutions. You plug Elton Jenkins in at center. You put John Runyon Jr. in at left guard. They love JRJ. And then you've got Lucas Patrick at right guard. Looks like he's going to be able to go on Sunday. You've got your secondary with Kevin King. It looks like Chris Barnes is going to have a chance to play. Tavon Austin is going to have a chance to play. I assume Austin is going to be returning kicks. You're going if, if Irvin is not 100% but is going to play, they signed Tavon to the to the active roster and they signed him to the active roster rather than the practice squad for a reason because they want him out there. And all of the guys have said and done all the right things about Tavon and, and his impact on this team. Uh, Tavon wished Aaron Rodgers a happy birthday earlier this week. Uh, and uh, a lot of people liked that one. I think there are ways that you can get him in in these small doses. I mean, you don't need deep knowledge of the playbook to know... You know, just run fast this way before the snap. I mean, a lot of the stuff, pre-snap motion, the jet sweep stuff, the jet guy just ends up in the flat. And he's a safety valve or, you know, he's 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 running a little, you know, wheel route or whatever. It's not rocket science in a lot of these cases. He was in the Kyle Shanahan offense in San Francisco and admitted he wasn't in shape. Uh, he could go out there with some knowledge of the verbiage and these these play calls are complex in the Shanahan tree uh, that Matt LaFleur uses. It's why they tried to, to pare that verbiage down in the offseason. They didn't do a, a a great job of it, frankly. Uh and so I think you can you can see that he would be out there for some limited, very limited snaps. I wouldn't expect him to come out and you know suddenly play 15, 20 snaps. Five snaps, eight snaps, and be the punt returner. That works. Maybe you want to save Irvin. Um, so you, you let him do the kick returns too. Tavon is a, a dynamic, combustible player. So I think that makes some sense for the Packers to take that route. They have uh, a lot of uses for a player like Tavon Austin. And so for them to be able to get a guy of his caliber, you know, it does make you wonder why they they didn't make a move like that earlier. He said he wasn't healthy until a couple of weeks ago. They could have signed him a couple weeks ago. So, you know, if you expect him to come in and be a, a field tilter or game changer, probably not. But if you think he could come in and make the same sort of impact that Tyler Irvin made, give you a little juice, a little a little shot in the arm late in the year, I think absolutely you could see that coming into this game. Back to the injury part of this. Darius Slay is coming in. Uh, he's dealing with a calf injury. And with the amount of man coverage that the eagles want to play we assume slay is going to shadow devonte adams you're going to do that on one leg is that a great idea for you if that's what they want to do i think the packers are are going to be all for it uh that's not a great matchup even if slay has got two working legs and so for him to try and do it uh you know with without <laughs> two working legs i think is a potential problem and then the rest of the secondary is just not very good. Avante Maddox, Nickel Roby Coleman has not played well this season for whatever reason. And then I'm just pulling up their depth chart. The guys behind are people that – I made a joke about Ben DiNucci. You probably did know who Ben DiNucci is. He actually started a game for the Cowboys, and it was a big deal that he did that. I Who are these people? I I don't even know. If, on, on our lads, they put last name, first name. And if I looked at the like, – Graylin Arnold, who is that? Who is that? And, and he might have to cover Devontae Adams if there's an injury. If, if Slay can't make, can't make it through the game, that's a problem if you're Philly. So even if you can rush the passer, and, and I wrote about this in the Lockdown Packers newsletter. If you don't get the newsletter, check it out. Subscribe. Uh, all of the best Packers content from around the web curated into your email inbox every week, including unique analysis, For me, you look at this front. This is where the, the, the Eagles can wreck the game. We talked about this yesterday, right? Derek Barnett, Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Malik Jackson in the rotation. Plus, they've got Josh Sweat, Vinny Curry. It's a good, deep front. But that is how they have to slow you down. It's how they have to slow you down because they cannot cover in the back end. They're just not good enough. They're not talented enough. The the linebackers, I think this could be a game with Big Bob Tanyan and Jay Sternberger where they get in the mix. And I, I just see a game where Rodgers, I think he's going to throw for like 320 yards, three, four touchdowns. I think it's going to be that kind of game because we've seen teams try and do this where they're just going to man up and make you beat them. The Vikings tried it in week one. The Lions tried it in week two. Atlanta tried it to a certain degree. The Saints tried it to a certain degree. It's not going to work out. It hasn't worked out very often this season. And it worked out for Tampa Bay because Green Bay did some uncharacteristic things with turnovers. And their linebackers affected the game in every facet. Shut down the run game, blitzed Aaron Rodgers, and were able to make this offense, not just Aaron Rodgers, but the offense uncomfortable. Matt LaFleur didn't want to push the ball down the field. They were unable to get to their play-action shot plays, which I wish Matt LaFleur would keep calling even when it's not working. And it 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 threw them off their, their rhythm a little bit more than, than these other teams. Other teams have tried it. I mean, let's be honest, this is not a, a secret. Going back years, some of the best defensive games teams have had, you rush four, you drop seven, you play man coverage, you play press man, and you were able to, to get the Packers off their game a little bit. I, I just don't think you're going to be able to do that. There was a great quote from uh, Tayshon Gibson from the Bears. And I'm paraphrasing, but what he said was basically they knew everything we were going to do and they had answers for everything we were going to do. Bears play a lot of man coverage. They had checks. They had checks for our checks. They had counters for everything we wanted to do. That is coaching. That is Aaron Rodgers. And, and Matt LaFleur has put in such great game plans week in and week out. You empower your quarterback to make decisions at the line of scrimmage. And they've got man beaters for days. They run a hundred variations of mesh. They they run a hundred variations of these crossing route concepts, these rub routes to, to beat man coverage. And if you can hold up, if you can block these guys, then you have a chance to really have a big day because they're going to play single high safety. There are going to be shots down the field. If the Packers don't throw the ball 20-plus down yards down the field 10 or more times uh, this game, it, it's probably because the pass rush is, is really getting after this offensive line. But I think you, you have to trust this offensive line to, to do the job. It's what they've done all year. We talked about it on the show yesterday. This offensive line has been easily the best group in football. And so just trust them to go do the thing. I think that's the easiest thing. Just trust them to go do the thing. And Philly can't score enough to beat you. But that's just the reality. Philly cannot score enough to beat this team if they're playing even like B-minus football. David
0: Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich, thanks to Dave's Killer Bread I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings Good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit Dave's KillerBread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store.
3: Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better.
1: How do you see the Philly pass rush affecting AR-12? This is from the Periscope. Last year, it wasn't the pressure that affected Aaron Rodgers. They got a sack fumble. All it takes is one play. And Derek Barnett gets a sack fumble on a on a shot play where Mercedes Lewis is supposed to block him. You, you have a turnover deep in your own territory, and you give up points. When, when the offense was, was working, it was rolling, it was moving. Those plays can swing games. You can't give a struggling offense short fields. And Green Bay's offense has been the best in the league this season at not doing that. Their average opponent's starting drive has been at the top the whole season because they don't they don't commit turnovers number 1 and number 2. They don't commit dumb turnovers. So you're not going to give Carson Wentz the ball at the 30. So that, that would be, you know, if they, if they turn the ball over like twice in their own end. I mean, they had a special teams miscue. They let Philly return a a kick um deep into their own territory, and they fumbled the ball. They let Philly start two drives last year in Packer territory. Don't do that, and they probably win that game. Don't turn the ball over twice in the red zone, and you probably win that game. Uh, there was a question about Kenny Stills. No, no word yet about Kenny Stills. So he is theoretically eligible to be signed. He cleared waivers. There was some question about that, at least from, from fans wondering, you know, why, why would this good player not be signed? Why would a non-playoff team not sign? Well, because he was expensive. Uh, a $7 million contract, that means the team is going to have to pick up about $2 million and you don't even know if he can play. I mean, he was dealing with an injury, so is he healthy? There's a lot of things that go into this. Usually players on real contracts don't get claimed on waivers. And I I think, you know, we could see a team that goes out and struggles uh, decide, hey, we need to go get this guy. Maybe that guy is Green Bay. I don't think, and this has been a, a question that I've gotten a lot on Twitter. I don't think the Tavon Austin signing has anything to do with Kenny Stills. They're different players. Just because they're both fast doesn't mean they would theoretically play the same role for this team. Tavon Austin is very fast. He's not really a deep ball player. He's a get the ball in his hands and make him let him go make plays. He's a, you know, let him take a four yard crossing route and turn it into 40. He's not really a track the ball down the field, track and adjust kind of player. Kenny Stills is. Kenny Stills can be MVS, but better. And and I think that, you know, that difference is important. Tavon Austin is in Green Bay to be a returner and a gadget player. So, you know, I I I don't think Kenny Stills presence really affects anything that goes on with with Tavon Austin I got a couple questions about Equanimia St. Brown on the periscope and and whether or not EQ is finding his footing they threw him out there right I mean they they gave him some opportunities he made a couple catches last week he had the jet sweep he's going to continue to be a a part of this offense and Matt LaFleur believes in a receiver rotation you remember last year even when Al Lazard was playing well you see Jake Coomer out there and John Wileson was out there. Even though it's clear Lazard was outplaying those guys, he likes a receiver rotation. We're going to keep seeing EQ and Rodgers Rogers, you know, has shown more trust in him than I think um, I was frankly that I was expecting. I mean, there was a play where they spread everybody out and they ran a slot fade to Devontae Adams, who absolutely cooked Jalen Johnson at the line. I mean, made him fall over. I mean, it was it was full ankles. Snatched, right? Rodgers threw to EQ on the side because Buster Screen was on him. And the plan against the Bears was just attack Buster Screen, attack Buster Screen. You can see the speed. You can see the playmaking. He catches, well, except for his first game back, he catches everything. He's a a reliable pass catcher, in my opinion. And we're starting to see some of that talent. He makes a great catch along the sideline. He's a really good body control the first catch was one where he worked to get open. The initial read is not there. He worked and found Aaron Rodgers' field of vision. It's a first down. Those are the plays that Aaron Rodgers talked about when he was on Pat McAfee. He said, we need to see him to start making plays in practice and in games. And those are the plays that Aaron Rodgers wants to see. I mean, if you watched Rodgers talk about Pat McAfee, or excuse me, talk about Alan Lazard on Pat McAfee, what did he do? He praised... He praised the intelligence. He wants to see the little plays. He wants to see you block. EQ last game blocked his ass off. Those are the things that in the film room show up in the mind of the quarterback. He will get you the ball if he sees you doing those kinds of things. If you are on a second reaction play working to get into his field of vision against zone, then you have a player that you think can can really be something if you're a quarterback. A couple questions about Chris Barnes because he's working back um, from the COVID protocol. Um, If he's active, what does that mean for Christian Kirksey? I don't think a lot right now. And I I don't know if that's a mistake. Frankly, I think the two best linebackers right now on this Packers team are Barnes and Martin. Um, Kirksey, I thought, made some nice plays in the passing game against the Colts. He's been really bad against the run and was really bad on Sunday against the run. Uh, he he just doesn't look fast in his run fits and he's never been fast, fast, but he's always made up for it with uh, instincts. And if you're in, I mean, Chris Borland, a, a name that a lot of you might know, he was not fast. I, mean, I think he was like a high four sevens, low four eight kind of guy, but he is instinctive. He could get to where the ball was going to be before the ball carrier. That was supposed to be what Kirksey was doing, and we just haven't seen it. So I think there there may be a little bit of a linebacker rotation. I think Barnes, to this point, um, even though I don't know that he's outplayed Kamal Martin, I think the coaches probably have more faith in Barnes if he's healthy to play over Martin. But I think long-term that he is the answer here. Um, Raven Green already plays a lot, and their, their base defense is basically a linebacker in Raven Green. And they're happy with that. And Raven Green is, has has played admirably this season. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if in the draft they drafted a Raven Green type just to upgrade that spot because I think you could stand to upgrade that spot. We talked about um, last offseason that that was maybe draft Grant Delpit or one of these safeties in this draft to play that role and and free up Savage and and Amos to, to roam a little bit more. I think Jeremy Chin would have been a, a great idea. They could have taken Chin in the second round. Um, I, I, at the top of the first would have been okay with me. I loved Chin and his talent, and he is balling out for the Panthers. Um, they have taken two big-time draft crushes of of Packers Twitter the last two years with Burns and Chin. Um, but I think the plan will be in 2021 that it's going to be Martin and Barnes, and I, I think that will probably be a solid group. We're not quite to the point where either of those guys is Rashawn Garying uh Christian Kirksey. But I do think that that is eventually going to be what happens. And and speaking of that, Rashawn Gary and and Preston Smith, that rotation is going to continue. I know Preston Smith played well um, last week, but so did Rashawn Gary. And, you know, there are a lot of backups on this uh, Eagles offensive line. A lot of backups. And... You're going to be able to go and and make some hay, I think, against these tackles, against these guards on stunts, on twists. Carson Wentz loves to hold the ball as well. So, you know, I think Rashawn Gary is going to continue to get opportunities because he's earned those opportunities. And it's hard for coaches to say, OK, well, Preston Smith had a good game, so suddenly he's back. It's an 80-20 split again. I don't think that's going to happen. And if anything... I think the opposite is true. It works so well. Why would you not why would you not just play Rashawn Gary, keep Preston Smith fresh? Because if some of these questions about, you know, Preston Smith's weight or his fitness um are real, and I don't know. And I I have no thoughts or takes on Preston Smith's body. I have not studied it. I don't know if he looks softer or whatever. Um but I do know that he looked better in more limited snaps, and maybe that is that is just a great way to keep him fresh. Maybe that is what he needs to be successful.
2: Home, you were a lot more than just a home this year. Thank you for letting me eat all those meals at my desk or take all those morning meetings from bed. Make the office chair my midday nap spot, our area rug my yoga mat, and our closets into storage for all our anxiety shopping. Yeah, you wore a lot of hats while we mostly wore sweatpants, which now have their very own dresser drawer, thanks to you. I know it wasn't always great. We accidentally killed a lot of plants, learned a lot of really bad dance moves, relearned a lot of fourth grade math, spent a whole month rearranging the office furniture every day, but you always gave us space to sleep it off. So thank you, home. At IKEA, we think home deserves more credit for staying organized even when life is messy for keeping us energized, for boosting our calm. Home does a lot for you, which is why we want to do more for your home. Find new home office, bedroom, and organization solutions at IKEA.
1: Hey everybody, this is Jason Buckland, and let me welcome you back to our podcast, In Conversation, with Shopify Plus. Now, season one was all about the biggest names in business.
3: Steve Madden. Danny Reese. Chip Wilson.
1: But wait till you hear who we're talking to now for season two.
0: Philip Prim, CEO. Casper. Webb Smith, founder of PM;
3: Kyle Kadakia,
2: founder of Pass; Heather Hassan. Trina Spear, co-founder. Co-CEO. Figs.
1: Chris Saka, co-founder of Lower Carbon Capital. R-E-L-K,
2: CEO. Parachute.
1: This is in conversation with Shopify Plus. The thing about Carson Wentz. We got a question in the Periscope about Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is the kind of guy who could, in a theoretical world, give Green Bay problems. You're running quarterback. You run some zone read. Um, He was a highly successful college quarterback. I did not think he was an NFL quarterback, just being honest. Did not think he had the throwing ability. Didn't think he had the accuracy on a consistent basis, didn't think he processed quickly enough, and just felt like a lot of his success in Lincoln Riley's offense was because a lot of that stuff is predetermined. I think we're seeing that a little bit with Baker Mayfield too. He is having to do everything off schedule. When he can sit in the pocket and make throws, he's just not accurate consistently. He doesn't process quickly enough. And I think even Kyler Murray to a a certain extent. I mean, that offense is a little bit of a mess, but a lot of the best stuff in that offense is just Kyler Murray going out and doing stuff, just creating off, off schedule and off platform. So I have some questions about these quarterbacks, but the Eagles, I don't know if they can play Jalen Hurts because if Hurts is better than Wentz, That's a big if, but if Hurts is better than Wentz or just not even better than Wentz, if Hurts comes in and makes a play or two, if he comes in and you get a play-action shot play touchdown, did the question start? Are we going, hey, who should be starting in Philly? Should it be Carson Wentz or should it be Jalen Hurts? Well, the reality is it has to be Carson Wentz. He costs way too much money. For it not to be Carson Wentz. It has to be Carson Wentz. At least uh, this year and next year. The money is crazy. It's like Matt Ryan in Atlanta. You can't trade him. The money is crazy. He is going to be the quarterback next year. And absolutely it affects morale. 100%. Because everyone knows the guy's not playing well. Everyone knows there's nothing That you can do about it. So here's the plan. On Sunday. Go up 10-0. Go up 14-0. And make them play Carson Wentz. Like Carson Wentz is 2017 Carson Wentz. Make them have to make throws consistently. It's going to be over. Because everyone on that team. Knows Carson doesn't have it this year. You can't give him any early momentum because if he gets rolling, we know, we know what the talent is. We know what he's capable of doing. That little furball does not want to go down. We know what he's, what, what the arm strength and the talent is. You have to jump on them early. I think if you can jump on them early, you can make them quit. Because they know, they know they can't score. They know they can't score. If the Packers get to to like twenty-seven at halftime or something like that, it's just it. It's just it. It's over. And I think that that's that's good. I mean, that's the goal. Right. This is not sparkling analysis, right? Um, the plan is to score more than your opponent, a lot more if possible. Go up early, right? If you're going up early against Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't matter. Go up early against the Packers, they don't care. Not this year. They can score with you. Russell Wilson, doesn't matter. It's not the. It's not necessarily like T number one against every team. Obviously, you want to play well. You want to build a lead, all that stuff. But I think doing that in this case, the one way that they can beat you, I think, offensively is with Miles Sanders and his big playability because he's fast. He's dynamic. You know, he, he could have a 180-yard, three-touchdown game. He's capable of doing that. Would I predict it? no. You have to take the, and I mean 180 total yards, probably not rushing. You have to take stuff like that off the table. The screens, the draws, that, that you're just going to have to live with that. That's going to be in the plan. You have to take the big running plays out of the game because they can't run it. You Just if you do that, And you make Carson Wentz throw, if Carson Wentz throws 40 passes, the Eagles are losing. I know this is weird. This is like, there's real cognitive dissonance here because Wentz is a star, in quotes, quarterback. He's bad. Bad this year. Been playing bad, is bad, right now is bad. So, again, the the cynic is going to say, you know, whatever. They're going to have this big game because that's what happens, Mike Patton, blah, blah, blah. No, no. The Mike, plan, the Mike Patton plan, the go 12 plays, go 15 plays, and score. And if you can do that four or five times, God bless you. Philly can't do that because Carson cannot make enough accurate throws to beat you that way. Just can't do it. And this, this defense is healthy enough. This offensive line for Philly is banged up enough that I just... It's hard for me to see the path for so many things. An avalanche of things has to happen for the Packers to lose. Now, all of that said, of course, they still can. It's it's in any given Sunday league. Anyone can beat anyone. We know that. So the Packers are still going to have to go out and play well. This is a kitchen sink game for Philly. If they want to be a team, then they go out and they play hard. They've got trick plays. They've got, you know, a fake punt. They're going to blitz. They're going to do some cover zero. Just try some stuff because what if you have to lose? Even if you lose, you're probably only going to be a game, game and a half out of first place in the NFC East. But if you win, it's huge for your season. And it's the kind of thing you can build momentum to the playoffs. This is still, there are a lot of veterans on this team. A lot of guys on this team went to and won a Super Bowl. So if they get it going, they think they can be dangerous probably in the playoffs. It's this weird juxtaposition. Green Bay, I think, wins this game 30 to 23. 30 to 23. And I think the 23 comes late. I think this is like a, a 30 to 17 uh type of thing late, 30 to 14 in the fourth quarter. They get a touchdown to make it look closer than it was. They did it against the Bears. They'll do it against the Eagles. Just that late touchdown where you go, oh man, this could have been a super impressive win. You could have won by 20 and instead you win by a touchdown or whatever. I think that's the way this game is going to go. But I wouldn't be surprised if it was it was pretty similar to what we saw against the Bears, who have a worse defense that Green Bay just chopped up. And I, I frankly think the Philly offense has fewer playmakers, uh, fewer skill talent, and and probably a worse offensive line. So the defense, frankly, should play even better. So um that's my prediction. That's what we're doing. And uh, we're going to talk about it on Monday. Locked on Packers. We'll be back next week with all of the good stuff. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.